0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an ExpressBet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races up 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700
1: The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest.
2: horse racing northwest kentucky derby week edition from emerald downs thanks for joining us whenever wherever you might be listening joe the vince prune and gary doherty in studio gary welcome to
3: horse racing northwest yes yeah, good to be here i heard you guys have done a few episodes over the year yeah and uh, i'm gonna hop on here the big 147th kentucky derby this saturday and joe we'll be open with the big screen
2: yeah that's great uh It's a a step forward at Emerald Downs for fans for 2021. Uh, Gates open, by the way, this Friday and Saturday. Kentucky Oaks Day Friday, a big card at Churchill as well. We're going to open our gates at 7 a.m. both Friday and Saturday. So take note of that. 7 a.m. free admission. And Gary, free parking as well, I'm hearing. Yes, Always, (coughs) always free parking. During satellite simulcasting season. And a dollar for a program. That's a great value. So free admission to Emerald Downs. The big screen will be on Saturday. Of course, the Kentucky Derby uh, race number 12 at Churchill on Saturday goes just before 4 p.m. our time, Pacific time. And a little Kentucky Derby talk here, of course. We're also going to have, in addition to Gary today, Roger LeBlanc, author of the Lazy Better's Guide to the Kentucky Derby, and uh, a new book from Roger, A Punter's Tale, a real thoughtful uh, horse racing handicapper and analyst. Uh, you probably may have heard him on the Win Place show several times over the last five years. Anthony Stabil, the Big A, also going to join us. He's on HRRN uh, five days a week. That's some great info from Anthony, always another regular on the WinPlace Place show, and we'll be pleased to have him on our Kentucky Derby broadcast as well. Uh, Vince, we're getting pretty close to the start of Emerald Downs as well for 2021, uh, May 19th,
4: our opening day. Uh, Give us a little info from your end. That is correct. Wednesday, May 19th and Thursday, May 20th will be opening week. We're going Wednesdays and Thursdays through May. We'll add some Sundays beginning with the big 25th anniversary on Sunday, June 20th. 6 o'clock post times, both Wednesdays and Thursdays this year, and we get to the Sunday racing, we're going to go at 2.30.
2: Okay, yeah, and uh, Gary, it sounds like tickets are going to be on sale soon. We are going to have a limited crowd this year. However, on our past attendance figures, except for those really huge days, of which we have quite a few every year, uh, fans should be able to get in, but uh, that system is going to be announced fairly shortly.
3: Yes, we'll have up to a couple thousand Reserve seats each day. Uh, our website will have a, a button you can punch to do reserved t- tickets for whatever day you want to come out. Um, boxes, limited boxes will be available. Just make sure to go to our website and uh, go to the, the site that shows Emerald Downs, and you can reserve your tickets for each day you want to come out.
2: Okay, and that uh, reserving your tickets is not up right now but will be very shortly because we are starting on May 19th. Gary Doherty is our Promotions Manager, and of course, uh, Seattle Times Handicapper for, I believe, the first 16 years, I want to say, of Emerald Downs' existence, and uh, still keeps up on racing really closely, of course. Also, our Trifecta King, and last year you were, what, the Superfecta guy? Uh, I forget your title last year. Super Gary. Super Gary, okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, Gary, uh, Gary has got some Kentucky Derby data. We're all going to have a pick on the Derby as it comes up this Saturday, May first. And again, a fantastic card at Emerald Downs. Excuse me, at at Churchill Downs. And you can wager on it here at Emerald Downs. Floors two, three, and five are going to be open this Saturday. Two, three, and five. So you've got your choice of many areas. Mm -hmm. And again, the big screen open as well. So uh gary what's uh what's a kentucky derby angle uh give us something over history that stands out to you and there's uh, sure a lot of stimulus there in
4: that area yeah
3: uh, one thing i noticed was uh, uh todd pletcher one of his better horses for the derby known agenda drew the rail you go back in the history and you realize the last time a horse won from post one was Bill Shoemaker in 1986 riding Ferdinand. So that's over 30-plus years ago, right, Vince?
4: Yeah, that would be 35 years ago this year. That that
2: was, uh, you know, I can still have a really good visual of Ferdinand coming into the stretch from way off the pace, by the way. He had Mm -hmm. the one post, dropped back, and how about Shoemaker? I mean, there wasn't really a hole there, and he just drove that horse to the inside. And I remember Rampage was one of the horses that – kind of got sawed off there yeah. and uh, no no takedown
3: Ferdinand won it and yeah Bill, Bill Shoemaker was 52 that year wow and wow. I saw a close-up of the run down the front stretch the first time from the rail boy a lot of jostling and pulling the horse back so winning from the rail is tough but Shoemaker did it that year another in- interesting stat uh, for this year's Kentucky Derby is it's hard to believe there's three horses in the race that are undefeated Helium yeah. helium at 3-for-3, three three. essential quality 5-for-5. Five five. And you've heard of Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac's going to bet $4 million to win on essential quality. That's a bet, big bet for this weekend. Wow. $4 million. And the other horse who's <laughs> undefeated <a> is <laughs> the California shipper Rock Your World, who's 3-for-3. Three three. If all three starts, it's never happened before in the history of the Kentucky Derby, where we've had three horses undefeated in one derby.
2: Okay. That's a good, very good stat right there, and I like that four million on essential quality. That uh, is going to help drive the price up That's on right. other horses. Uh, Vince, you got any uh, tidbit that strikes you when you think of Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Derby history?
4: Uh, not particularly. No, it's you know for many years now it's been 20 horses, and it's uh, extremely difficult to uh, to try to handicap the race. Although favorites have done well the last. Uh, several years after a big drought from i believe it was 79 to 2000 where Mm -hmm. a a favorite didn't win um but no because you just look at the pps and it's just a melting pot they're coming from so many different areas of the regions of the country that it's it's a puzzle for me and frankly a lot of times um i feel like handicapping i'm just kind of guessing um you know that's maybe where the uh, speed figures will come in and a lot of them haven't started over the track and it's it's confusing. One thing I don't like about the Derby is, uh, well, for me personally, handicapping, we start using factors we never really use the rest of the year when we do races. You know, we start analyzing every last little piece of minutia. how horses galloping coming into the race all of a sudden becomes uh, paramount for some people, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, yeah, I mean that's part of the Derby lore. It's part of the fun, but uh, sometimes you know some people say it just gets to be a lot of noise. So if I, my recommendation is do what you normally do. It is an unusual race. You don't usually don't handicap 20 horse fields, and with horses none, none of them have gone 10 furlongs, so it's very difficult right off the bat. Very unusual, but uh, handicap it out like you would any other race, and don't let uh, don't let the noise get to you. I guess would see because it's led me astray a few times. Fair enough. Uh-
2: Yeah, and I'll say this year, if you count kind of the seven major prep races uh, that lead to the Kentucky Derby, Santa Anita Derby, Bluegrass, Florida Derby, Arkansas Derby, Wood Memorial, Tampa Derby, Louisiana Derby, listen to the prices of these winners of those races. 5 to 1, 1 to 2, 5 to 1, 12 to 1, 72 to 1, 15 to 1, 5 to 2, just one winning favorite that Mm. was essential quality in the Bluegrass, so... Uh, Price players have done well in the lead up. Well, and and I
4: will be playing a Price in the Derby.
2: Okay. Well, we're going to get our picks a little bit later. I got one Derby fact uh, that hits me a lot. It's it's a recent one. Calvin Burrell's three wins in four years was pretty darn amazing. Mm -hmm. And the Street Sense ride and the Mind That Bird ride were pretty darn similar in that those horses were on the inside – uh would go around a horse get back on the rail go around another horse or two get back on the rail and uh of course mine that bird was an astounding winner um <laughs> by some what did he win by there seven lengths eight lengths something yeah like and that. i don't
4: think anyone else in the world would have won on him that day he just oh, had a magical God. touch oh, going
2: it was just amazing and then of course he won on super saver who was a bit of a price in 2010 three wins in four years for calvin burrell it was a really a tremendous run with just uh uh just exuding confidence himself and transferring that to the horse and and coming through on the big day hey gary doherty has done something that's pretty unique in racing um gary you have you're kind of responsible for getting a horse renamed
3: and that's recently tell us about that yes joe uh we watching racing from California last year, and they had a horse that was running on the Southern California circuit by the name of Abusive Gary. And, Abusive you know, Gary. Yes, and, you know, I just didn't like that name. I mean... I wouldn't have liked it, it was abusive Joe or abusive Vince, so... uh Took a little extra attention, though, because it was abusive Gary. Uh, okay, yeah. I wouldn't say
2: you're abusive, really. I mean, you, you might throw out a non-sequitur <laughs> here and there and maybe some rhetorical questions, but not abusive. Heaven. Anyway, no. go ahead. Go
3: ahead. So, you know, one night or one day I said, you know, enough of this. I'm going to call or send an email to the jockey club in Kentucky and and say, hey, how'd this horse get a name? Because there's been some horses who have lost their name because it's not good. And uh, I didn't get a response from the jockey club in in, uh, in Kentucky. And I was talking to Matt Dinnerman, the track announcer at Golden Gate, and uh, we were talking about this Abusive Gary. He goes, yeah, there's a horse here running, and his name is Handsome Gary. I go, you got to be kidding me. He goes, yeah, it may have been the name may have been uh, Abusive Gary, so we did some work on Echo Base, and sure enough, uh, they made him change his name from Abusive Gary, and they chose a new name, and they went went with <laughs> Handsome Gary. Which, of course, is questionable as well, yeah. but... Uh, I can be handsome sometimes. A- anyway, um,
2: so you just left a phone message, and uh, they took care of it. They liked your suggestion and,
3: and, and went forward with it. Yeah, it's, they just, I guess, missed it and didn't realize in this day and age things are a little different. Uh, it was an email. I didn't get any correspondence back. I called them, and I uh, talked to a the lady there, and she said, yep, uh, we made the change, and the horse is now Handsome Gary.
4: That's, uh, that's a good one right there. There's been two other name changes recently, um, one of them involving Ken Rudolph at TVG. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not like the name of a particular horse. Then we have one racing this weekend in Kentucky. I forget what the horse's name now was formally named Noose it said in okay. there and ah. that was yeah a lot of people yep. objected to that Jeez. name and the jockey club did did have them change it so yeah, yeah I got several of them in the last uh, couple of years which is a good thing
3: yeah but- you got you know you got to watch things nowadays okay
2: and- that is good work that is good work on your part and uh, I got more good work Joe I got a, the winner of the Kentucky Derby okay He's a Putz was one about 20 years okay, ago that putz. was an Oregon bred that his name was changed. Yes, he actually, I a knew that a little
4: bit Roger Stein was the okay. owner of that at one time, and I believe he uh, instigated getting that one changed.
2: Good, good, good. Uh, you want to give out your Kentucky
3: Derby winner right now, yeah, Gary?
4: I think I'm going I'm <clears> to, <throat> I'm choosing
3: one of the undefeated horses who will be ridden by Joel Rosario. Okay. Uh, he's a California shipper. He won the uh, Santa Anita Derby and... I think the the San Anita Derby over the years has been probably the best prep. Uh, this horse is undefeated. He's racing the grass and the dirt. Reason on the grass, I guess uh, John Sadler didn't want to run against some of the big Bob Baffert horses, so he laid low in the weeds and ran on the grass, and then showed up on uh, Derby Day at San Anita and won the Derby easily by four lengths. He's also Rosario's also won the uh, Derby in 2013 on Orb. And Joel is probably the best rider in the country right now. And Umberto Rispoli was all excited when he won the race. But uh, yeah. they decided to make a change jockey-wise. Uh, Sadler and Rosario go back.
4: They've won plenty of great ones together. And uh, Joel that, that is got correct. them out. By the way, yeah, I heard another radio show where John Sadler was being interviewed. He was a bit defensive about it. He said, if you, and I know Rosario's ridden on the East Coast for many years now, but nobody has ridden more winners." Uh, for the John Sadler barn than Joel Rosario over the last 11 years, and that, I guess, is true. I think it's over 200, Vince. Over 200, and um, he didn't ride uh, Candy Ride. He did ride Twirling Candy, though, for uh, for, uh, John Sadler, of course, uh, Rock Your World being by Candy Ride. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. and Rosario was aboard Rock Your World for the horse's maiden win on January 1st.
4: And, you know, I, I... a lot of people are upset about that change. I never have a problem with it because um, if you you win some and you lose some as mm-hmm. a jockey that way and you know I see jockeys they have to they do the same thing if they've got a tough choice or whatever right. they often have to tell a guy, "Hey, look, I like your horse but i'm I'm going with a different horse here yeah. it, it can be a very difficult business that yeah, way, and absolutely. you have to treat it as such and I you know I will feel bad for Uri if the horse wins a Kentucky Derby and he's not on it. Um, He did
3: pick up a mount in the race. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're contracted to to ride that race, you know, and you ride the race to best your ability, then the next time the horse is entered, it doesn't mean you're going to be on or off. It's uh,
4: up to agents and trainers. And I understand you got a chance to get Rosario. Yeah. It's the Kentucky Derby.
2: Yep. Good luck to uh, Sadler, John Sadler, really good guy, seeking his first Kentucky Derby win with Rock Your World. Other top trainers seeking a first kentucky derby win steve asmussen has a couple of starters brad cox chad brown all looking for a mm. first kentucky derby win uh rock your world was awesome in the Santa anita derby i've got him right up there as most certainly a horse to beat uh what do you think about him vince i know I, you're i know you like to root for Sadler.
4: i do yeah uh I like the horse a lot. Um, in times of change, you know, it wouldn't be that many years ago where people would think the horse might not have enough seasoning. Yeah, three starts to win a, to win a Derby, but that has kind of changed over the last you know decade or two. Um, I no, it's hard. How can you knock the horse? He's done everything right. He's got a wonderful style. He's finishing well. Um, I will try and beat him though. I, it,
1: you know, mm-hmm. it's
4: uh, no knocks. If you like him, I can't can't find a reason not to to, no. to talk you off him.
2: Yeah, beat. Medina Spirit by uh, four and a half lengths, four and a quarter in that Santa
4: Anita Derby. Medina Spirit's uh, a good measuring stick for any horse. Oh
2: my gosh, Uh, that's Bob Baffert's lone starter in the Derby, and that is a heck of a thirty-five thousand dollar purchase. That horse, uh, he'll be running, and he'll uh, be—I think he'll be real tactical in contention a long time. I'm going to put him in some. Wagers as Baffert's
3: well. Bafford's trying to uh break the tie with ben A Jones yeah. for the most uh all time Kentucky Derby wins. They both got six and Mr. Bafford, who also has two hundred and nineteen grade ones is which it? is which is tied with D wayne Lucas for the most in history of grade one races that go back to nineteen seventy three ah good good data there uh Gary joining us here also Roger Leblanc's
2: going to join us and the big A Anthony Stabile on our Kentucky Derby Horse Racing Northwest podcast and uh Gary uh let's see where else was I going to go well we we have had a couple of passings in the industry unfortunately uh recently uh, Mike Konechny and his family uh Hall of Fame breeders here in Washington Mike uh very uh, regular presence at emerald downs and long acres uh, he passed away earlier this year juan garcia passed away a uh, groom for dan markle who was just a huge part of of northwest racing for so many years he had did have a heart attack down at golden gate a couple of weeks ago and and another really big name in northwest racing and i, I gary i think you did a little research on this gentleman who who yeah. left us earlier this year
3: uh art mcfadden yeah he was a uh, pretty much did everything in the in- industry uh, he was born and raised in uh, corvallis oregon um his his dad and his family uh, used to race horses back in kentucky you know in the 30s and 40s and they had the first for- farm for horses, thoroughbreds out here in the northwest in oregon and they used to take the horses hmm. by train back to uh race in the midwest and uh Art, as a kid growing up, uh, saw saw many Kentucky Derbies, and that probably really got him really interested in this great game. And he brought that insight back to the Northwest and Oregon and helped with Portland Medals. I guess his his grandpa helped uh, make paramutual wagering in the state of Oregon. And uh, through the years, Art was a track announcer, uh, helped many different tracks throughout the Northwest, Numerous ideas. Then he started investing in thoroughbreds. And, Joe, you ran some horses at Emerald Downs and won some of the big stakes races. Yeah, a couple of his top horses. I remember
2: Bub. Mm -hmm. Bub won four races as a two-year-old, which uh, ties that record at Emerald Downs. Most wins by a juvenile. He didn't win the Gottstein that year, however. uh, But Corvallis D. did win the Gottstein. Uh, Just a great run by... uh, Corvallis D and of course D Andros was the head coach for Oregon state football for so many years. And I think that's where he got The great pumpkin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And always with the orange and black silks too. That's right. Yep. Art was just a super nice man. He loved racing. Uh, He loved to come to Emerald. And of course, as you mentioned, just, uh, uh, probably the biggest man in the history of Oregon racing and breeding.
3: Right, and uh, he helped George Rosales get off to a start as a thoroughbred trainer. Yeah. You know, and Rosales has won many races now in the last few years, and I think the main reason, one of the biggest reasons was Art you know bought some nice horses and entrusted George with the horses, and he did a good job, and uh, yeah, he's a legendary Oregon uh, thoroughbred. Uh, yeah. All
2: did it all. Yeah, we'll certainly miss this game, and and our condolences, mm-hmm. as Art McFadden, just a tremendous individual. He did leave us. So uh, there is that. And uh, we're getting closer to Emerald Downs opening. Um, and uh, we do we have any promotional days scheduled? Things are still a little bit uh, right. in the planning stages, I take it.
3: Yes. You know, we have some ideas. It depends on the governor and how, how many fans can come to the racetrack as, you know, the summer goes along. Uh, there's a possibility to have a, a, a corgi race. Uh And uh, ESPN's interested in maybe showing that uh, on one of their channels since they've really enjoyed watching some of the videos of our past Corgi races. So that's a possibility. There could be maybe an Italian day. It just depends, you know, uh, on what happens here this summer. Uh, We've got some ideas and depending on how many fans can come to the racetrack this year. But uh, for the most important thing, though, we'll have thoroughbred racing. Yeah, May 19th, that's it.
2: So, for Gary Doherty, Rock Your World, number 15, the 5-1 to one second choice on the morning line for this Saturday's Kentucky Derby. Gary, uh, thanks for
3: stopping in on Horse Racing Northwest. You bet. I enjoyed it. And uh, me and the boss, Mr. Phil Ziegler, will be out selling tickets on track That's level. Right.
2: Okay, yeah, on <laughs>
3: Derby Day. Yeah,
2: Gary uh, adding his expertise as a mutual clerk, along with Phil Ziegler, our
0: track president.
2: We're going to take a short break. This is Horse Racing Northwest.
0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an ExpressBet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races if you 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal Void or prohibited national gaming support line 800-522-4700
2: Horse Racing Northwest continues, Joe Withy, Vince Bruin, thanks to Gary Doherty for joining us, and now a very familiar voice in the Pacific Northwest, uh, people know him from many years on the Win Play Show and Horse Racing Northwest podcast over the last year and a half, the Big A, Anthony Stabile, Anthony, thanks so much for taking out some time, uh, I'm sure you're even busier than normal this week, Kentucky Derby Week.
5: My pleasure. I always have time for you, Joe. Like I say all the time, when I didn't have a calling card and I wasn't doing eight eight hundred and forty three things a week, you always made time for me. Um, I would like to think that's in part for my debonair good looks and my wonderful personality. But I also know that um, the ROI is somewhere in the hundred and twelve dollar range on the Win Place show when I talk to you. So hey. uh, it's been a good it's been a good friendship, my
2: friend. You've got a lot of followers here in the Pacific Northwest, and uh hey, your pre race show with Andy Serling is the is the best in the country. Uh you, they give you guys plenty of time and you guys get to argue and and go back and forth with your videos. Really enjoy watching that uh through the whole Naira year. And Anthony's on H R. R. N. Horse Racing Horse Racing um
5: The Horse Racing Radio Network. He's
2: because our podcast is horse racing Northwest, and I was getting.
4: And you know something, Joe? I was <laughs> yeah. speaking to Andy Serling. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony, have you noticed Andy likes to duke it out on Twitter a bit with the fans? Oh
5: man, he's the greatest, ain't he? That guy's—he's like the—he's like the he's like the, uh, the battery bunny. He keeps going and going and going. Yeah, listen, you know, I, 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 Andy and I have a have a fun and fantastic relationship on camera, and we're really good friends off camera. So. Um, you know, listen, he doesn't take any uh he doesn't take any guff no. he take it from me. He doesn't take it from the fans and um yeah, he likes to mix it well, up. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so well, that's funny cuz at
4: first I thought, man, is this good for Naira to have a guy out there, you <sighs> know, kind of, you know, telling fans that they hates their horse or something. Nah, that's pretty good. There he's he there's a, uh, you know, people are engaging with him, which I think is healthy and fun and talking horses. Well, when
5: NBC, when NBC hired howard stern i'm not comparing either of us to howard stern just for the record when nbc radio hired howard stern uh the average stern listener listened for an hour because they wanted to hear what he was going to say next the hour the average stern hater listened for three hours because (laughs) they wanted to hear what he was going to (laughs) say next so they can they can they can talk and they can argue with us all they want the fact of the matter is everybody's watching and listening that's right
2: and uh you know andy comes up with some different angles which i love you know i'm always looking deep into the pps trying to find a price horse and i i felt that he uh, was a little tough on you the last couple years just being real argumentative because here you're coming along uh, with your knowledge and experience at your age and And uh, I think he has a lot more respect for you. I've just picked that up the last three months or so. I could be wrong, but uh, I think you guys make a great pair, and that's an awesome show. And um, HRRN, you can listen to that right online on your computer, which I do very frequently at my desk. The uh, Thursday night Collins show is fantastic, and you and Bobby Newman picking stakes on uh, Friday for the whole weekend. Great stuff, Anthony. You are an important guy in thoroughbred racing now, man.
5: Yeah, well, thanks, Joe. I appreciate it, and it's been uh, it's been fun. It's, it's it's always a it's always a pleasure to go to work, and 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 not even work. Not, you know <laughs> they they pay me to talk. They pay me to do what I'd be doing anyway. The only the only gig that could be better is if they paid me to eat pizza. If I could find <laughs> somewhere that would do that, I I might retire from all my other stuff. Um, it wouldn't make my mom too happy, but I'm sure I would, uh, if I could be a pizza eater, professional pizza eater. Um, I tell you one thing, there are plenty of days I'd be better at it, that's for sure. But, but you and I have had a good mojo together, so I look forward to, I uh, will always look forward to the call. I try not to force it either. I feel like it has to, the universe has to bring it to me, so, um, yeah, looking forward to this derby. and. A great weekend of racing all over you mentioned that weekend stakes preview it's presented by naira betts mm-hmm. uh so it's at horseracingradio.net eastern time six to seven friday live uh or you can listen uh you can go get the podcast later on we're also on sirius 219 and xm 201 for you satellite fans out there
2: fantastic yeah that's a good point uh, if you don't hear it live you can just click on hrrn and uh and get the podcast uh, at any point which is fantastic Okay, the Derby, um, shoot, uh, we've got uh, a lot of angles, three undefeated horses. Uh, we just heard that that is the first time that has happened in the Kentucky Derby, and uh, the average price of the prep races was pretty high this year leading up to the Derby. So uh, just give us some thoughts. Take it away, man.
5: Yeah, I'm sure Bourbonic helped with that ROI for the best, yeah. biggest price in the history of the Wood Memorial. I'm glad you didn't call More often than not, I would do the Wood Memorial every year on the Win Place Show. That would have ruined the streak. I wasn't anywhere close to Berbenick. Um, In fact, my Derby horse at the time was Risk Taking. I had him in forty-two to one in the future wager, and uh, he didn't pan out. Listen, it's been a wild kind of prep season. Glad to be back on the traditional prep trail, the Derby Trail, if you will. Um, I can't remember a Derby either as a fan or professionally, where you could make a case for more horses than against. I'm not saying I like all of these horses, but I honestly think you can make a case for 12 of the 20s. Mm. Um, and I was able to take that 12, kind of get rid of four of them, that I, I think they have more holes than, than than positives. I narrowed it down to four, And I kind of let the tote board and the morning line be my guide. Um, I think there are four, the four horses I narrowed it down to uh, in post position order are the seven Mandaloon, the 14 Essential Quality, the 15 Rock Your World, and the 17 Highly Motivated. And Mandaloon's 15 to 1 on the morning line, so I put him on top. um, In a year where a lot of them look the same. A lot of them on their best day couldn't win this race. I went to a horse that's coming in off of a terrible effort. He's bucking. He's going to try to buck a lot of history, too. No horses won the derby having finished off the board in 65 years. No kidding. Needles, that's a good Needles stat. He did it in 1956. Wow. He was the last one that didn't run 1, 2, 3, 4. Huh. That's a lot of history. Six weeks off the race. Um, I don't love that. I will say this, and I'm not afraid to say this. I am not the biggest Florent Giroux fan. I would not be the person in the fan club. Um, the, the last time this horse ran, and I think this, you know, everybody's looking for an answer for last time. And I've had Brad Cox on HRRN. I've talked to him. There's no excuse for that Louisiana Derby. I mean, you look at his race in the LeCompte, and it looked like he needed a pair of blinkers. He got the blinkers for the Risen Star. He runs a 98 buyer speed figure, a number, by the way, that puts him right on the wire in this race. Mm. Um, and then he just runs that clunker. But if, if you do a little deep dive, that track at the fairgrounds on Louisiana Derby Day was a lot quicker than it was on Risen Star Day and Lacomp Day. Mm-hmm. And he was a lot closer to a quicker pace. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's accustomed to sitting three or four lengths off a 48-half, a 49-half. And now all of a sudden, Giroux has him on top of a 47-second half on a much quicker track than he was accustomed to. And if you look through the lane, he doesn't really, you know, he hand-rides him, but he sticks him one time, and he didn't respond, and responded. he didn't really persevere with him too much. So you see that tw- almost 12-length defeat. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, he did the right thing. But there are plenty of other guys that would have you know, worked him over and he would have got beat eight lengths instead, and then the race don't look as bad. So I think you got to just you know, watch that replay and watch his other replays. I mean, you watch the Risen Star. He makes the lead at the 16th pole, and he kind of grabs a hold of him. Like, I don't think the distance is going to be a problem. Maybe the other stuff is, will be. But I'll, and I'll tell you another thing. You watch the videos coming out of Churchill Downs. You find me a horse that's training better than this horse, and I'll buy you a new suit. Okay, He has just been and that's not something I ordinarily pay attention to, but even on his gallop days and stuff, he just looks like he's getting over the ground. He's got a big old stride. Um, he's going to be the right price. He's got a good draw. He shouldn't be too far from the I imagine he's going to be four or five lengths from the lead. Um, he, you know, he should be able to save some ground. I think you know, when Caddo River came out of this race, it really left a murky pace scenario. Right. I think they're going to put Medina Spirit on the lead. I think he wanted to go last time, and Johnny V kind of saw that Rispoli and and Rock Your World were intent on the lead. He kind of quarter-horsed him out of there, and then Johnny took a hold of him. Um, And then two starts back, he wasn't going to go to the lead with Life is Good. not going to go duke it out with his stablemate, who, quite frankly, is just faster than him. So I'd imagine Medina Spirit's going to go the other two California horses, Rock Your World, Hot Rod Charlie not too far behind, and then he'll be in that, that, that second line of horses, I would think. And, you know, from there, like I said, you know, he's going to be the best price. Would I, would I be surprised if essential quality just ran these horses down? I would not. Would I be surprised if highly motivated improved off of his first two-turn start last time when he was asked to do something he had never been asked to do? Uh, twofold, go two turns, do it on the front end. Mm-hmm. Would that surprised me, no. And, you know, I think you have to pay attention to a horse like Rock Your World who, in a year where we're saying they all look the same and nobody's really run that fast of a race, he's run one dirt race and it's the fastest race any of them have run. The only horse with a triple digit fire figure. He's got speed. He's got, in my opinion, the best rider in the country and Joel Rosario on his back. So they're the four for me. I think you can make some cases for some of the others in here, some long shots. I'm going to use King Fury. I thought his race in Lexington was really good. Now, he's never run a mile and an eighth. I don't even know the last Derby winner that didn't run it a mile and an eighth, but he's got six mile and a sixteenth races under his belt, so I'm not too concerned with him being fit. Um, the two Aspison runners, Midnight Bourbon and Superstock, I think have live long shot looks to them as well, and you're probably going to get a bigger price on known agenda than you should because of the rail. And I was yeah. talking on Twitter with one of the assistant starters down at Churchill, and he explained, He's got about 15 feet more on that rail draw now with the new geek, the 20 horse geek. So I-, I wouldn't worry as much about it. And that guy on his back, that Arad Ortiz Jr. guy, <laughs> he kind of knows his way around there. He knows how to make left. So, um, I wouldn't worry too much about the draw. So it's those four with the other four underneath. Um, but it's that kind of race. I'm going to have a pick five ticket with all eight of them on there. It's it's that kind of race. It's a it's a it's a fun race and it's a great betting race.
2: Oh my gosh, it it always is, and it is again this year with all the angles that Anthony just went over. Anthony's got a few bucks on his pocket after uh, a couple of weeks ago in that. Uh, uh, late pick four at Arkansas. Um, you had, what, Silver State All and Latruska All, and that came back. You got a nice price on the end. Uh, you gave that out on HRRN, and uh, I think you made a few bucks out day, didn't you?
5: I did. Good. Yes. I'll be heading up to Mohegan Sun, which is a, which is a, one of the biggest casinos in the northeast in Huntersville, Connecticut. I've been up there a bunch of times. Last time we were up there for Derby was uh, the greatest disqualification of all time. They mm-hmm. put me up for... Uh, Uh, a a good score with country House, and Yeah, we'll try and make some magic happen again. We'll take some of that Latruska money. Uh, Speaking of Arad Ortiz Jr., we'll take some of that Latruska money up there and uh, see if we can make a lot more of it. But it's a a fun day. So one of the things I'm going to do, and you and I had spoken before we we did this podcast, and I I love talking to all, all the folks out in the Pacific Northwest. Hopefully we can make some money Derby Day. There are two horses on the undercard that I think should win. Okay. They're Jackie's Warrior in the Pat Day Mile and Annex in the American Turf. Um, in the Pat Day Mile, Jackie's Warrior is just faster than those horses. His last two races around two turns, I'm not going to hold them against them, even though I don't think they were that bad. Now he cuts back to the one-turn mile. He won the champagne by a pole. Um, he's got plenty of speed. I think Joel will put him on the lead or keep him right off of it. The other horse I want to use in there, though, is starring in my dreams for Dallas Stewart, who broke his maiden going six-and-a-half furlongs impressively right on the lead. Came back and won a sloppy track race. They were both at Churchill Downs. And then he put them on the trail. Brisbane Star, Louisiana Derby, Lexington. Kind of woke up in Lexington. I think the sloppy track probably dressed that two-turn race up. This is a horse I think wants to sprint. He likes Churchill Downs. He's the only alternative I want to use to Jackie's Warrior in the Pat Day Mile. That's the first leg of the pick five. And then Annex, three for three for Mott. He gets a Ratter-Tee Jr. Junior Alvarado suffered a concussion um, uh, last Friday at Delmont Park. at Aqueduct, actually. Um, so Junior's been out. So Ratterty Jr. is going to ride him. Um, there's another interesting horse in that race, though. Wesley Ward has a horse named Next who won his only turf race at Kentucky Downs, and he won an off-the-turf allowance race, and that off-the-turf allowance race by almost 12 lengths kind of propelled him to go Breeders' Cup Juvenile as opposed to the Juvenile Turf. Now he gets back on his preferred surface. He gets a rider upgrade to John Velasquez. So next would be the horse I would want to use with Annex. If you you bankroll could afford to use both, but I'm going to make one ticket, singling Jackie's Warrior, singling Annex, and then going 5-by-4-by-the-8. And I'm going to try and swing for the fences with uh, some of the, some of the some prices in the other races.
2: Okay, uh, that's great. You've done the work, Jackie's Warrior Annex. A couple of singles in that Pick Five and eight in the Derby. Why not uh, <laughs> coverage in the Kentucky Derby? Often a smart way to go. Anthony, uh, hey, thanks so much. And and folks out there, make sure you listen to him, H R R N. Uh, he'll be on all week and uh, the call-in show on Thursday. The stakes preview on Friday. You'll just get more information, but uh, always great to hear you, and the fans love to have you on. So, thank you for your time. Big A.
5: Anytime, Joe. Thank you, Anthony. You got it, Vince. Anytime, guys. You know my number. Thanks much.
2: Anthony Stabile. Uh, hey, he does a fantastic job. Excellent handicapper. That's why we've had him so many years on uh, the radio here in the Pacific Northwest. We'll take a short time out and come back with uh, Roger LeBlanc will join us
1: here on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best in the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest.
2: Horse Racing Northwest continues Kentucky Derby Week, the big race on Saturday. Again, Emerald Downs open at 7 a.m. both Friday and Saturday morning. Kentucky Oaks card on Friday. We're open at 7 a.m. Free admission, free parking. And on Saturday, floors 2, 3, and 5 will be open. And the big screen will be on Kentucky Derby Day. Hey, good friend, uh, good Northwest friend, Pacific Northwest guy, um, originally back East, but a uh, super thoughtful handicapper and a published author a couple of times over, uh, got him on the WinPlay show. He did one of our angles for experts a few years ago. Um, just love hearing him talk racing and he's writing racing, which uh, you can refer to at any time in his books, including the new one, the punter's Tale. Roger LeBlanc joining us on horse racing Northwest. Roger, great to have you with us.
6: Hi, Joe. Hi, Vince. It's great to be back, and uh, it's great to see Emerald Downs opening its doors again this year.
2: Yeah, you uh, you uh, give us a shout-out every now and then. We'd love to hear that, and uh, you've had some good times up here. Uh, how did we meet in the first place? I don't even remember. I know I got you on the WinPlay show. or I think your first book, uh, The Lazy Better's Guide to the Kentucky Derby, that might have been it.
6: That was it, yeah. I, um, I sent a copy up to you, and... Uh, You saw enough merit in it to have me on the show, and I appreciate that.
2: Well, uh, and Roger uh, is a super honest and uh, accountable on all his wagers and and his actions there. So, Vince, I know uh, you appreciate that, Uh, not hearing a lot of tall tales mixed in with the facts.
0: Well,
4: I love love racetrack characters and being around them and all that. But, yeah, you and I, we like to keep accurate score, and it's great uh, when people do because it's hard to win, and we should celebrate good winners when they get them.
2: Yeah. And Roger, uh, the Kentucky Derby has been pretty good to Roger the last 10 to 12 years. So uh, there came the Lazy Betters Guide to the Kentucky Derby. And, and give us just a couple of ideas that that made that book uh, worth writing to you.
6: Well, I had always looked at the Kentucky Derby like uh, most people had, which was a, a test of stamina and stamina being defined as a horse who could make a strong late run. Uh So I started researching to to define what a strong late run was and see how well that worked. And I ended up finding kind of the opposite, that most Kentucky Derby winners had posted uh, some sort of exceptional early speed figure in one of their prep races. And so uh, as I explored that more, um, it became clear to me that... uh, had been looking down the wrong path for a number of years, and as soon as I turned that around, um, I started having a lot more Kentucky Derby winners and decided to write the book because no one else was really focusing on that.
2: Yeah, uh, that's great. And uh, some successes led to The Lazy Better's Guide to the Kentucky Derby, and uh, Rogers finished uh, another book recently, The Putter's Tale, which... uh, shows a way to identify false favorites, and is pretty darn good with, uh, would you call it a system, Roger?
6: Yeah, it's a system, but I warn in the book that uh, all systems uh, tend to grind to a halt um, (laughs) over time, as more people use them, and the the prices you get go lower, and so I, I encourage people to keep an open and creative mind as, as they use this because um, there, I'm sure there are a lot more ways that it can be applied and in the future you uh, might need to get a little creative with it. But for now, it's working great. Um, we launched the Instant Value Handicapping YouTube channel to try to prove out these methods. And we've got 10 weeks in the book where we uh, look at uh, one racetrack every Saturday uh, I record the videos on Thursday night and we've got an 85% accuracy rate on identifying false favorites. So we are betting into races where the favorite wins only 15% of the time in this uh, live action play out.
4: Roger, one of the things you said is interesting about a horse running a maybe a dynamic uh, prep race somewhere along the line. Our colleague John White is fond of pointing out that, uh, contrary to a lot of public belief, the the derby being a mile and a quarter, that it would be a closer's race. And he has pointed out a lot over the years that the, the winner quite often uh, has the lead at the eighth pole. And there's, you know, we think of Giacomo, but that's very much the exception of the rule, that the race is usually won on the turn with a horse exploding to the lead or moving to the lead or extending his lead or whatever, that there's really not a lot of passing, at least for the victory in the Derby. Do you agree with that?
6: Yeah, I yeah, definitely agree with that. And um, the, I think that some of the more memorable Kentucky Derbys lead people to think the opposite. I mean, you think of Kent DeSormo. Uh, rallying Fusaichi Pegasus, I believe it was, you know, through traffic from uh, 18th or 19th place. You you get this image that the Kentucky Derby winner is this horse that just blasts from somewhere in the back of the pack. Or
4: Ferdinand uh, we were talking about earlier, Yeah. yeah.
2: Ferdinand, the last horse to win from the one hole. Uh, back in 1986, uh, yeah, Bill Shoemaker said, "I'm going to there right now," and uh, he went there despite uh, a couple other horses being nearby. But uh, it was it was a safely run race. But uh, uh, yeah, Instant Value handicapping YouTube channel, Um and uh, that is great. I I looked at your uh, episode with Mark Kramer recently, and Mark Kramer just another super thoughtful handicapper, racing author. Um, just he delves into things and uh, comes up with uh, unique looks at races. Uh, that uh, was uh, excellent to view. So uh, is this a weekly thing? And he, you have something new for the Kentucky Derby on uh, your YouTube channel?
6: Well, I've posted two Kentucky Derby videos up there. We've kind of suspended the instant value handicapping uh, Piner's tail part of it to focus on the Derby. Okay. So the first piece I wrote was four reasons why essential quality will um, will not win the derby and then i followed that up with a um the fastest two minutes in handicapping a two-minute take on um the horses who have ran second in their final prep race
2: okay okay so essential quality uh might be uh, roger's got you have him in your 15 uh, percent uh, possible winner uh category then as far as uh identifying false favorites
6: well it, it's funny i I would—he—he he doesn't fit any of the categories in the Punters' Tale. I'm betting against him because he falls short of the standards in the Lazy Bettors Guide. So,
2: okay. Um,
6: so yes and no, I guess yeah, <laughs> on yeah. that one. But yeah, he has—he has, a, he has a, um, a running style and uh, pace figures that have not succeeded well in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he tends to be a little bit slow early and. Um, With with definitely a strong leg kick, and I think he's a great stakes horse and will probably win the Belmont, but I don't think he's going to win the Kentucky Derby.
2: Okay, that's speaking of two-to-one morning line favorite essential quality. So uh, where has your handicapping handicapping taken you in Kentucky Derby analysis uh, at this point?
6: Um, Well, I have a uh, Kentucky Derby preview for sale on our website, lazybetter.com usa.com um we have that up there for 9.95 but if you um put in the promo code derby 2021 you can get 50 percent off um so you talk about instant value <laughs> they my derby preview top pick <laughs> um it's one five of the past seven years since i published the wow. book so but um since you're only paying half Price, I guess I'll also give you half the information. Okay, <laughs> Some, that's the good. Symmetry. We're, um, we're dealing three, here. Yeah, <laughs> three uh, gold standard qualifiers um, make my list this year. And um, so Hot Rod Charlie, uh, my top pick with Rock Your World, and Midnight Bourbon, um, close behind. Um, so that's kind of where my money's going this Year uh, the Derby Preview explains in detail why how they fit into um, a historical context of horses who have done well in the Kentucky Derby.
2: Very good. Um, so that's LazyBetterUSA.com. Use promo code Derby2021 to get half price on on the analysis there at uh, LazyBetter. USA.com. And The Punter's Tale, where can fans pick up that book, Roger, which is just loaded with good information. A few references to the Northwest in there, too.
6: Uh, yes it it was a pleasure uh featuring emerald downs in a uh in a chapter there. a lot of your listeners will recognize the uh horses that I use as examples in in that section mm-hmm. uh, both of my books are available on the website now okay. and uh you can actually use that promo code uh to get fifty percent off uh the price of of the books too um for um uh, probably for up till the end of the month or so
2: fantastic okay so uh lazybetterusa.com and uh uh if you go to youtube uh your youtube videos uh, what do you type in there
6: instant value handicapping okay it's the youtube channel
2: instant value handicapping a lot of great stuff there as well okay well uh you know i uh i might be going against uh roger leblanc's uh, tried and true methods here vince with my derby pick but uh We'll get to that in a moment, but Roger, always great to talk to you. Hope we can see you at Emerald Downs this year and uh, just some really great work from you. Continue to, to put those thoughts into print and, and the, on YouTube so that you can share uh, your growing expertise with uh, all racing fans.
6: Well, great. Thank you, thank you, Joe. And it's a pleasure being on your show. And I can't look. I and I look forward to uh, getting up to Emerald Downs and saying hello in person, playing some races.
2: Sounds great. Thanks so much, Roger. Thank you, Roger.
6: Thanks, so, Vince. Bye bye.
2: Happy Derby to Roger LeBlanc. And uh, we're gonna finish out uh, our win WinPlace show here. WinPlace show. Uh, well, it's sort of like that. But this is Horse Racing Northwest. Vince, who do you like in the Kentucky Derby?
4: Well, I you know, we remember a few weeks back we had um, O Bezos in the uh, Louisiana Derby, so I guess I'll stick with him. I, I don't have a strong lean. There's been a lot of good uh, thoughts on this show today. I thought uh, Anthony made some real interesting thoughts on Mandaloon, mm-hmm. and Gary's points on Rock Your World are well taken, and uh, no knocks on essential quality, but the one thing I do like about Obezo's, he 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 hasn't run one of those real dynamic races uh, that Roger maybe was talking about, but he is improving steadily. And any by any way you gauge it, he's the distances are getting farther, and the improvements go in every race. You can even see it in the buyer figures: 60, 77, 83, 88, 96. Um, I did catch Greg Foley, the trainer, being interviewed, and he was very happy with the way the horse is training and he, he was seem very sincere about it little concerned inexperienced jockey marcelino pedroza but he knows the horse well and uh we will see you know i think you know 20 to 1 hopefully we'll get something like that on uh on race day okay where did you hear the greg foley interview i
2: heard one on hrrn this week
4: i watched one on youtube okay. where they were on there they had a nice lengthy chat with yeah. them and he was uh you know, very level-headed. He's got good long-term numbers as a horseman. And, you know, he's one of those guys, you know, if the horse is in the race, he thinks it's got a realistic shot. So uh, they're not just there to take up space.
2: Yeah, and uh, he had some specific instructions for his rider there in both the Risen Star and the uh, Louisiana Derby. And to, to let him run late now, uh, uh, depending on the pace and the Derby. Well, by the way, I'm with you on... Obesos, oh, uh, just for the points you said, we both bet him in the Risen Star or the Louisiana Derby at 27 to one. And he was uh, a close third, finishing very well. And, you know, horses train well. They are improving. He's an improver. You just went over his buyer speed figure progression, pr- proving at the distances as they get longer. Uh, he had a fantastic
4: workout by all accounts at Churchill late last week, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. No, yeah. it's not as a bad we, thing. We go into the race, and he's flying it under the radar, and uh, improving horse. We'll see where that puts him. Yeah. But you know, we. we I, I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to get a price in the Derby. I think the last time I didn't was California Chrome. I took the chalk, and he actually got a, a chalky favorite home in the Kentucky Derby. But anyway, and the favorites have been tough the last several years as we've talked and essential quality it's hard to knock a perfect record but uh, i want something with a little bit of price so i'll use him i want i want to be like this joe if o bezos finishes second i want to make money so when you know me i'm usually a win better but i will make exceptions here
2: okay uh so john white likes essential quality eric floyd likes essential quality robert geller likes essential quality rob Rao, he likes hot rod charlie uh roger leblanc uh his top pick, he, he gave us a Hot Rod Charlie. Anthony Stabil's going Mandaloon at 15 to 1. So uh, we're both going obesos. Gary Doherty had uh, Rock Your World. So at 5 to 1 second choice. There's a little recap of what's going on on our Kentucky Derby.
4: I had a couple other notes from last week, sure, though, if we got time. Yeah, uh, some Washington breads of note. Okay. The Lost in the Fog Stakes, could you believe this? Any port in a storm. The 2019 Long Acres Mile Runner Up returned to Golden Gate Fields and and he put away Baja Sur, one by two and a half lengths. Baja Sur, a good second. So the 2019 Mile Runner Up beats the 2019 Washington Horse of the Year. Baja Sur now with two seconds in as many starts this year. Another race of interest, Joe, was the William Walker Stakes at uh, Churchill Downs on opening night last Saturday. Bodenheimer had a little wager on him. He did everything but win. <sighs> At six to one field day, who missed the break uh, for trainer Brad Cox, who's got two big horse in the Kentucky Derby field day, and Tyler Gaffalione ran him down. And uh, but nice effort for Bodenheimer. He got twenty nine thousand one hundred for finishing runner up there. Good to see him back on the beam there. Last year's Washington horse, Washington horse, of the year, horse of the and year. leading earner. Yeah. Then uh, in the first race this Saturday at Churchill Downs, there's an interesting uh, entry. It's a hundred eighteen thousand uh, dollar allowance race at a mile on dirt. Striking Oppose, now with trainer John Ortiz. And uh, along with, um, he will run coupled with Huge Bigley, another Washington bred out of Gadget Queen. They're 12 to 1 on the morning line and $118,000 allowance race. So Striking Oppose, of course, out of Striking Scholar and Huge Bigley, another Washington bred out of Gadget Queen, 12 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, in that race, uh, first race at 7 30 a.m. this Saturday will be kind of interesting. Turf Paradise, their meet closes Saturday, so uh, with the Asta La Vista, they will race on Saturday, Derby Day, a mile and seven ace in their finale, and then we'll see some of those horses hopefully heading north.
2: Yeah, indeed. Okay, so first race at, uh, Churchill Downs Saturday, I think that might go about 7.30 our time.
4: It is, and what's interesting, Joe, they got the the same owners, that are running coupled, but like in the Derby, you can see Judmont has uh, Mandaloon and Essential Quality. They do not run coupled, so yeah. maybe it's different rules for stakes races as opposed to uh, overnight races there. That must there. be it, yeah.
2: Okay, well, hey, our uh, last time we did a trivia question, the only horse to win the Louisiana Derby and the Long Acres Mile, uh, Jody and Wade Steger win that one. And we had several uh, correct responses, including C.J., Janice Train. But uh, Jody and Wade Steger won the drawing. Gigantic is that horse. Back in, I think it was 1958, wasn't it, Vince?
4: Correct, yeah. Louisiana
2: Derby. Well, well, that was one year, and then he won the Mile as an 8-year-old.
4: Yeah, he won the Louisiana Derby in 53. Yeah. And then five years later, won the Long Acres Mile as an 8-year-old. Yeah, Okay. heck of a story there.
2: Yeah, and that uh, I forgot to do that last time. So our new question is... Uh, name the first horse to win an Emerald Downs Stakes race. And then after, sire an Emerald Downs Stakes winner. So an Emerald Downs Stakes winning horse became a sire and had a Stakes winner at Emerald Downs. The first horse to do that. And there are several of them. So uh, send your en- entries and answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. And I hope you enjoyed it. A uh, longer show than normal. Uh, Gary Doherty, Big A, Anthony Stabil roger leblanc our guests and again kentucky derby saturday floors two three and five open at emerald downs this saturday gates open 7 a.m and free parking free admission of course have a great kentucky derby and uh vince and i'll be doing some rooting for o besos thanks for listening to horse racing northwest